Pi'ikahu'u means to become angry in Hawaiian. And this podcast is really an exploration of my personal journey experiencing anger in the past and processing it in the present. I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited to jump into today's topic. As a child, I used to have broken blood vessels across my cheeks, um, on my face, and they would be bright red. And it was because I would grit my teeth. And when I was angry, I would kind of try and tighten my whole body. And part of that was my jaw. I would tighten my jaw so much that the blood vessels in my face would, would burst. And, you know, it, it was not a good look. You could, it was obvious. I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, and I had these, you know, from a, from a distance, it just looked like rosy cheeks. But, you know, within any six-foot proximity, you could see that there was tension in my face from such a young age. And I, I've been kind of exploring that season of life a little bit more. A lot of my childhood, I don't really have strong memories of, you know, individual moments or memories here and there, I'll remember. Um, mostly, though, I remember because I've, I've been told, you know, oh, we did that, you liked that, we, we went there, it was fun. But sporadically, I'll have flashbacks to childhood, things that I just blocked out for seasons of my life, and one of those things that I'm really having a lot of flashbacks to and trying to delve into right now is is how I experienced anger as a child. And as I'm looking back a little bit more intentionally, I'm realizing how significantly I experienced anger on a daily basis. And when I was young, I, you know, toddler in early elementary school, I would just have these outrageous tantrums and I felt safe enough to have them with my family um, and with people who were close to us. But as I aged, I slowly, you know, the people I trusted to have those outbursts around became smaller and smaller until, you know, in later elementary, fourth and maybe early middle school, sixth, seventh grade, I, I no longer felt safe to experience those emotions with my family. And so when those heavy or intense rages would come about, I would leave. I would walk away. I would hide myself in a closet and I would tighten as, as much of my body as I could so that I could hopefully compress the sensation out of my body. And I didn't know how to talk about what I was, what was happening. I didn't know how to correlate that what I was experiencing was extreme anger, and I didn't know how to talk about why I was angry. I just knew that, you know, in a drop of a dime, this feeling that was an emotional feeling, but also a very visceral feeling, would come across me. And unless something happened, like I screamed or I shouted or I hit something, or unless I clenched my jaw so tightly, it would be this overwhelmingly uncontrollable sensation that was just terrifying. And as I processed 
in a child's view of this intense experience, I started to invite shame into my narrative and guilt. And I started to become really ashamed of the way that I experienced anger. And so I would, I would hide it. And I would tell myself that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't real, it's not who I was, and that I can handle it. And instead of seeking help to process that, it became a very internalized. And I, I hid it from, his, from everyone that I could. And in hiding it, I think anything that you hide or that you need to um, take the light out of, you know, the view of life out of, um, it just shame is bred in darkness. And so that shame was bred in me as it relates to anger. And now as, as a 25-year-old adult woman who, who's really struggling to communicate when I'm upset about something, even if it's a reasonable thing to be upset about, I have this extreme shame and this extreme guilt of, well, you know, it's not really my place to be upset or, you know, like, you know, God's the seeker of justice. So I don't, I shouldn't fight for that for me or for somebody else. It's just, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. What am I going to do? Go, go get angry. And this is, I'm finally recognizing this is not a healthy state to be in, um, and I'm trying to delve into how, how do you experience anger? But as I'm asking myself this question, as I'm trying to figure out the answer to this, I'm constantly being pushed back to a very childish view of anger. And it's because that's when I stopped developing an understanding of anger, was as a child who, whose coping mechanism for anger was compressing every muscle that I could control in my body and you know that that no longer serves me you know if I do that I get headaches I get jaw pain I get teeth pain I get shoulder pain you know like that doesn't serve me anymore and I can't do that anymore and I don't really want to do that because I think anger expressed in a healthy way or at least this is what I'm reading anger expressed in a healthy way is so positive. It's so um, defining. It defines what you're comfortable with and what you will not accept. It defines and maybe propels you into action, whereas if you don't express that anger, you might always just sit by the sideline and just allow things to happen to you or maybe allow things to happen in society or to the people around you um, because you were too afraid of what your anger might do. And so I'm reframing for myself what anger even is and the the place that I want anger to hold in my life and I it's a it's a murky pathway I'm seeing you know I'm reading a couple different books one book is specifically on exploring anger and the different uh, types of anger styles or anger expression styles um, which is pretty interesting and then I'm reading another book on emotionally healthy spirituality. And the book is arguing that you can't grow spiritually while remaining emotionally immature. And so it's very challenging because you, I recognize the areas where I'm emotionally mature. And one of the major areas I'm emotionally mature is these 
absolute inability to communicate frustration in a healthy way. And I recognize how damaging my anger has been in relationships, not because as an adult I've expressed anger, because I, I really can't think of a relationship where I have been angry and expressed it in a volatile manner. Um, and that's, that's not just me. I'm, I'm going through this book with, with my sister who's quite close to me. And, you know, as we've been looking at ourselves and the way we process anger, we've been holding each other accountable to reality, you know, not just delusional, uh, nostalgia. And, but those, those relationships were damaged, not by the uh, extreme expression of anger, but the ways that I internalized anger because I could no longer see the person I was angry at in the same way. And that's, in a lot of ways, selfish because I remain the controller of the situation in the dynamic. And, in essence, the person never has the opportunity to make a difference. They, they never have an opportunity to apologize for what they've done because I didn't let them know that what they did was hurtful. They never had the opportunity to grow and maybe react differently in the next time that that whatever happened happens again um and that's that's a shame because relationships there's so much potential within relationships especially healthy relationships to hold each other accountable and accountability is such a beautiful thing because it forces you to grow as an individual and when you have relationships that are holding you accountable, it also forces relational growth as well. And so there's so much healthiness and beauty in relationships. I'm not just, you know, saying relationships in the sense of romantic relationships, but even just any kind of sacred relationship. I don't think, I think, you know, marriage is a sacred relationship, but I also think even in singleness, we have sacred relationships. I certainly have sacred relationships with certain people in my life who I invite to help keep me accountable and I also am invited to keep them accountable as well. Um, but as I've been reflecting in this this season of experiencing a lot of anger, there's a lot of things that are frustrating and I'm not, I recognize I'm not reacting in a proportionate way, which is what initially kind of um, stimulated my interest in maybe exploring this area that I am not killing it in, um, so that I can really understand this emotion and sensation, because even though, uh, the physiologic sensation of anger, I experience it very differently now, I still experience it viscerally, and it's still a very overwhelming sensation, and when it's severe, I will get extreme headaches and just the only resolution is to sleep um or sometimes I get nauseous sometimes my stomach hurts so badly I can't eat like these are all extreme things that seven months ago I wouldn't have necessarily thought were a bad thing I was just like oh I'm just tired you know I haven't slept you know I've just got I'm just stressed I wonder how often we just blame stress in our lives for the cause of issues, whether it's mental or emotional issues, or whether it's physical issues. We just, oh, it's just stress. But the truth of the matter is our ability to process stress is dependent on our physical um, and emotional, and I would say spiritual, well-being. If we are not 
firm in ourselves physically or mentally or emotionally or spiritually, then any minor thing, any minor stressor is going to create a problem. Whereas if we are firm in in who we are and how we are, then those stressors that are regular life stressors, they're not going to significantly impact us. Or at least they won't impact us in the ways that people who are constantly using stress as an excuse for for their lives and for their behavior, um, it impacts them. I think oftentimes, as as I've been delving into this in myself, I recognize I use stress as an excuse. And I use... Um, instead of recognizing stress as a signal. You know, if I'm feeling stressed, then it's probably because I haven't processed something that's going on. And there are times, like this last week, I had just this crazy week. And I just kept thinking, man, if this week were just like in a TV show or in a movie or just like written out, whoever was reading or watching it would be like, justifiably, there was a lot going on. She has every reason to be angry, to not be sleeping well, to, you know, be frustrated, to whatever it was that I felt justified in feeling last week. But the truth is, as I was sitting down with a friend um, a couple nights ago and talking with her, I was like, it's not like I can't handle this stuff. I just haven't made time to do it. You know, I think... For me, processing life is so stunted, and a large part of that is the emotional side of life. I can handle a busy schedule, I can handle a lot of dynamics, but you add in a few emotional stressors, and life comes to a halt. And so I'm trying to, in the moments be more intentional about experiencing the emotions. Sadness in the moment I'm I'm more apt to experience. Happiness, I have a hard time experiencing happiness. I I don't necessarily understand that emotion. Um I grew up in my mind I would tell myself like happiness is not something you should that that God wants you to have because you know we should always just be content in God. Um, And we shouldn't strive for happiness. And while I still think that we shouldn't strive for happiness, I don't think that we shouldn't enjoy or be happy with the things that we we create or God gives us. Um, I think that's just as damaging as solely pursuing happiness um, is the absolute absence of happiness. So uh, happiness is hard for me to experience, you know, in the moment as well. But I'm that one's a little bit easier. But anger Anger is the one I repress. Or more aptly, I just walk away. And not walking away in a huff. It's not like I'm slamming doors or, you know, going, I can't stand this, I need to leave. It's not like I'm, I'm vocalizing any of this. It's like this quiet exit where I physically can't speak. And I just am like, hmm, I... I need to go. Like, my voice goes lower. I have a weaker voice in those moments. I have a hard time communicating. And and I just absolutely shut down. And then it's just like, well, uh, this is a great... This was a great relationship, but um, I can can never pursue this again. You know, how many times I've 
mentally cut people off where it's like, yeah, they made me angry and I can't handle that and I just need to step away. It's happened more often than I would like to realize, but that I'm currently being forced to realize. And I think so much of that is not being present to those emotions. So that's where I'm at currently, just trying to process through anger and and also allow myself to be sad for all the times that I didn't process anger and the relationships that at this point probably can't get them back probably can't restore those relationships. Not not sure if the person who I've lost that relationship with is even interested in restoring relationship. Because anger, whether it's externalized or internalized, the results of that in an unhealthy way are not that great. You know, it's not usually something you can go back and apologize and be done with. It's something that, you know, you, you need to apologize for, own up to some things, and then it also requires you saying, hey, here's how I'm doing things differently this time, you know? Um, And even if I'm in that space, not everyone who has experienced my internalized anger um, is able to, or even interested in restoring relationships. Um, For me, it's anger. But what is it for you? You know, I can't say that everyone experiences anger as poorly as I do, or as excessively <laughs> as I do, but it might be sadness, or just like a second ago, I was mentioning, you know, this whole trend of happiness. How do you experience happiness? I think it's so important for us to to lean into how do we not only experience physically a certain emotion, a certain strong emotion, whatever that strong emotion is, but then how do we express it? And how do we communicate it? And I think when you analyze those things, the emotional gaps or emotional immaturity in your life, when you acknowledge each of those things I've mentioned, it forces you to start looking through, okay, how can I express sadness better? Or, or failure. You know, failure is a big one. I know a few people in my life that, and even including myself, if they feel like they've failed something, they shut down. And, you know, the root there is probably a deeper emotion, maybe a sadness or an anger. But the trigger is this, I, I'm not good enough, I failed this, I didn't do a great enough job, and now I've got to just abandon ship. Like, it's just not worth it, I gotta go. And... Like, I think it's so important for us to sit with those emotions, you know, and not just, not just brush over them. It's so easy to brush over emotions, especially with our modern lifestyles where, you know, we can open up our phone and get like an absolute immediate uh, shot of dopamine when we're looking through, you know, something that's stimulating for our mind. That is an addictive process. That is the same type of thing as hitting blunt. Or, you know, taking a drug or drinking a glass of alcohol. You know, it does the same thing chemically and yet, you know, we don't acknowledge that we're avoiding or we're numbing or we're just trying to forget. And that's so dangerous. You know, I'm someone who's chosen to try and bury my anger for years for years. I've had an anger problem my entire life. Since 
day one where I would have these severe tantrums and I'd be scratching my my skin and cutting myself and pulling out my hair as a baby. As a baby, I, I had this overwhelming sensation. And as I matured, or not really matured, as I grew up, I still experienced it and I didn't know how to handle it. And so, you know, 25 years of an emotion that I've very successfully buried, um, no one from the outside, unless you're a counselor or a therapist or know me really well, would be able to see my my frustrations or rage or my anger problem. But it's there. From from this side of it, I wish that I wish that at five someone had talked to me about experiencing anger in the moment and releasing it. Not holding it in my body, not holding it in my my mouth so tightly so that the blood vessels would would burst in my my skin i just if you're listening to this i want to encourage you think through what emotions what emotions are are hard for you to express or feel or communicate and then what about that emotion makes it difficult to feel makes it difficult to express and makes it difficult to communicate with the people who love you. I feel like so often we get ourselves stuck into patterns relationally. And so often it's a boundary, um, not a boundary problem. <laughs> it could be a boundary problem. It's a communication problem. And so often we're failing to communicate just how we feel. Something so simple. How we feel. I feel hurt. I feel sad. I feel upset that you said that feel jealous and we get ourselves stuck and then we get ourselves into a blaming game of oh it's their fault they made me do this they did that they're they're making me feel like this instead of us owning how we feel and how we express how we feel and how we talk about how we feel so to wrap up I encourage you Think through what I've asked you. Think through it. Grab someone who you know and love. Talk to them about it. I'm on this journey right now. Who knows where it's going to land me. Hopefully in a more mature place emotionally. Hopefully in a more mature place spiritually. And most definitely I hope that my relationship with anger develops into a healthy one. 